Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the You Decide podcast. I hope everybody is having a great start to their fall. I don't know about you, but fall decor is already put up all around my apartment, and the pumpkin candles are being lit as I speak. It smells like a mixture of pumpkin spice and apple all throughout my apartment, and I am living for it. Today, we are still in the Relationship Red Flag series with, of course, a new topic. Today's topic is going to be one of the most important topics that I speak on during this series, so it will be a little longer than my previous episodes just because I want you guys to be so knowledgeable and self-aware to this topic. So today's topic is narcissism. I will be going over the definition of narcissism, signs of narcissism in a person, how to identify a narcissistic romantic partner, a narcissist's favorite sayings, traits a narcissist looks for, and how to protect yourself from a narcissistic relationship. I really hope you guys are very intentful with listening to this because, of course, we want to protect our peace. We want to protect ourselves and getting in any type of relationship, whether it's romantic, a friendship, or a, with a family relative, narcissism is a very scary thing to be trapped in and it can really deteriorate our self-worth and our self-love. So let's get into it. Okay, jumping right in as always with the definition first. It reads, narcissism is selfishness involving a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and a need for admiration as characterizing a personality type. There are several definitions of narcissism out there on the internet, so if that one leaves you a little confusing or you don't like the wording of it, you can definitely look another one up that makes more sense to you. So moving on to signs of narcissism in a person. I believe I have 12, so I'm just going to read through them and give a little bit of feedback. So number one is they are two-faced. So this means they are very critical of others, especially behind their backs, And they act one way, but they are another. A lot of narcissists will tend to act different in public than in private. Public being they're the star of the show. They may be very outgoing or they may present a sort of ego in public, especially around people. And then when they're in private, especially with a friendship or romantic partner, that's where the abuse may start. So emotional, even physical and mental abuse will be more likely present in private spaces with just you and the narcissistic person. So number two is blames others for failures. Nothing will ever be their fault. Even if you have all the evidence and genuinely all of the proof that you need to show them that they are in the wrong, they will never be in the wrong. Nothing will ever be their fault, even if you have evidence. Everything will be your fault. Number three, they are very unreliable. This goes in pretty much every category of the definition of unreliability, so they can be an unreliable friend. They may tell you that they're going to do something for you. Oh, love the construction happening right now. Anyways, (laughs) they may tell you that they're going to do something for you or be there for you during a certain event, and they might not show up. Things like that. Number four is they have a superior attitude. 
So basically, they think they are better than people or people they deserve or they believe that they deserve more things than most people do. So basically, everything will revolve around them. It's all about their wants, needs, and their life. If you've heard the saying, the world revolves around them, you might want to check and see if they have some narcissistic tendencies. Now, all of these signs don't mean that this person is a narcissist. If they have all of them, I'm going to say it's a 99% rate that they are. But if they have one or two to maybe five of these things, it doesn't label them a narcissist. They just have a lot of things they need to work through. But moving on. So number four, they have a superior attitude, kind of like I was talking about earlier with the ego. Like they have a big ego and you can almost kind of read it. So number five is they live in a fantasy world. So there are many different ways that they can live in a fantasy world. It really depends on the type of person they are underneath. So some of these examples would be they have really bad porn addictions or they cheat a lot in relationships or they have affairs. Um, Other things of living in a fantasy world is they dream of being famous. So they want the popularity They like being the jock, things like that. They want the money and the fame and just the feeling of being successful and being well-liked. And so a lot of these um, narcissists can turn into people with drug or alcohol addictions. Number six, distorts facts to help their own agenda. So basically this is lying and gaslighting, like we've talked about in the previous episodes. And they'll do this to appear in a better light. So basically, if you didn't watch my gaslighting episode, I just went through kind of phrases that they might say if they're gaslighting you. So for the distorts facts to help their own agenda, it's definitely things like, um, I don't remember doing that. Or I think you have the date wrong. Or things like, I really think you're overreacting to that. I don't think that I did that in the way that you're saying it. Things like that. So pretty much doing anything they can, again, to make them feel like they are in the right and you are in the wrong. Number seven is that they can be irresponsible with money. So pretty self-explanatory. They have bad spending habits, um, especially for unnecessary things. And sometimes that has to do with their fantasy world. So it can be, it can be tied into irresponsible spending with porn or their dreams of fame, alcohol, Oh my goodness. I don't know if y'all can hear that, but they're just drilling something above me. But I'm going to continue on. Um, The money can feed into things like their drug and alcohol addictions or even like, especially for younger people, maybe in college, things like that. Things like buying likes on Instagram. Just very irresponsible money spending that you don't need. So number eight is only emotionally available to others when they are wanting something. I feel like all of the other ones kind of tie into this. So again, it's their world and you're just living in it. So if you're not doing something that benefits their world, their life, their views, their success, they're not going to be emotionally available to you because in reality, they will always put themselves above your life, your needs, your wants, all of those things. Number nine is lacks empathy for others. So everyone around them are basically objects that they can use to get what they want. 
I actually read something that I found. It was an article, and it was actually a narcissistic person talking about how they view the world and how they view other people. So that's where I got the objects thing. I should have kept it on here so I could read it to you because, whew, to me, it's just crazy how someone can view people like that. But yeah, so basically, people are objects, and they will attach to them, be nice to them, Basically, be friendly to them if they feel like they can use that person or object to get what they want. So, very low empathy. They don't feel for others as I feel like most of us normally do and things like that. Number 10 is controlling. Very self-explanatory, especially with a narcissistic romantic partner. They tend to be very jealous. They are allowed to do anything that they want. Basically, that's how they feel because, again, it's their world. But they might tell you how to dress or tell you something, tell you that you can't wear something, which hopefully all of you know that is very not okay and a red flag in of, in of itself. But anyways, or they won't let you go out to certain things without them or they don't like you... Not making dinner for them. Just just very controlling in any aspect because they need to be in control. So number 11 is tries to push your buttons on purpose and then turns it around on you when you get upset or try to set a boundary. With my experience with narcissists, this one was a very big one that happens very often. It's one of the major signs that you can find in a narcissistic person, especially a romantic partner and in a friendship. Actually, and in family relationships as well. Basically, anything to make you feel less than. So basically, this can be making jokes that are actually harmful and not funny. And then they'll say something like, it's just a joke. Don't be so sensitive. So the gaslighting comes in. Or does something you've asked them not to do because it bothers you. Or uses language towards you that you have tried to set a boundary over. So they may literally push your buttons as in like, this is simple, but it's still, it's just something, it can, it can be something little to get under your skin. So like if they're just poking you over and over and you're like, stop. Like it was funny at first, sure. And then they just keep going. Or especially in public settings. If they say something that you know personally is not a joke to you and they they make fun of you or something that happened in your life that you, that upsets you, they might say it in a public setting with other friends around or other family members because they know that it may feel embarrassing for you to stand up for yourself, especially when other people are laughing. So you might feel like you just need to pretend and just laugh along with them. But it's their way of just knowing that they can publicly humiliate you and, again, feel in control over you. And then lastly is number 12. And it is they cannot, I put that in all caps, cannot admit mistakes. This goes back to nothing is ever their fault. It's always yours. So narcissists hate vulnerability. And they will not take accountability. Again, they are always right. They don't want you under their skin because they know how insecure they truly are deep down. So vulnerability is out of the window for them. They are very, what's the term that I'm trying to think of? 
the opposite of an open book, I mean, I guess a closed book, um, surface level. They are very surface level and would love to stay that way and pretend that their surface level self is their self ultimately. So they will not admit mistakes because that makes them feel like they are weak and vulnerable. And of course, that makes them feel like they are wrong. So moving on to how to identify a narcissistic romantic partner. This is the little preview that I posted on the You Decide podcast Instagram. I added a few things to it, but I just gave that as a sneak peek. So if you've already read it, you might know some of these, but I'll just go into further explanation. I believe I have five of them. So number one, um, had a big personality. They were charming. They were sweet. They were funny. They were charismatic. You thought they were the coolest person ever ever to exist on this planet and then you may find out that they love bombed you because love bombing and narcissistic people go hand in hand with each other if someone's a narcissist I won't say almost always they'll love bomb you but it's a good percentage as to how many narcissistic people will participate in love bombing because that's how they can rope in their victims for lack of a better term or phrase number two is when they get hurt they tend to overreact so basically the dramatics in narcissistic romantic partners is crazy it's something that it's hard for me not to laugh at and I know that sounds so wrong but I've been in a narcissistic relationship and it was terrifying then when they would get hurt. I was so scared, etc. But since I've just grown and learned to love myself, it just makes me laugh because I just know how insecure they are. So I'm not trying to laugh in a way that makes you feel really bad. So I'm sorry for that. But that's just why that made me laugh a little bit. But the dramatics with the narcissistic romantic partner when they get hurt is something that you you just have to be in shock for. It's like you love them so much and you don't want them to feel hurt, but it's almost just like you feel like you're watching a movie. Like these people should earn a Grammy, to be honest, for the dramatics that they get or they have when they get hurt. So very overdramatic, very much attention seeking. Even if you brought something up to them and you were like, hey, I don't like when you do this. It makes me feel bad. Well, that hurt them. So now you need to apologize to them because you hurt them and then you end up having to take care of them instead of them taking care of you or the problem that you put out on the table. It's, ooh, it gets you very confused. And they also want you to fix it. And I put a side note here just for all of my girlies or my gals or (laughs) girlies or my guys that are in a narcissistic relationship right now or feel like they may be. It is not your job to fix anybody. I genuinely don't care who it is. It is not your job to fix your mother. It's not your job to fix your father. It's not your job to fix a family member in general. It's not your job to fix a friend. And it's absolutely not your job to fix a romantic partner. You have so many cards that you bring to the table, right? 
You've worked so hard to be this loving boyfriend, this loving girlfriend. You have so many things to offer. You need to be with somebody that also brings themselves to the table with the same things. There is no reason that you need to feel the need to fix somebody and help them bring cards to the table that you were able to bring by yourself, okay? If someone makes you feel like you are responsible for them, you need to either get out or set that boundary so quick because if that boundary is not set, not only will you start feeling like you truly are responsible, they will feel like you're responsible and it will be an ongoing thing. Every problem that happens is yours to fix. Every time they're upset, you're supposed to do something about it. And that is a very vicious cycle, a very draining cycle, and just something that you do not deserve to be in because your cards are brought to the table by yourself. And you deserve somebody that brings their own cards to the table as well. You don't need to help them with that. Anyways, (laughs) number three is they are very controlling. We talked about this in Basic Signs of a Narcissist, but again, more examples that I might have already said. Um... They're very controlling, but they also think that they should be allowed to do whatever they want, as I said. But you cannot. Their rules do not apply to you. You can ask me, why, Mackenzie, why? I don't know. I think it's absolutely absurd. But again, when you're so into that relationship, you don't ask questions. And that's where it gets scary. And that's why it's so important to learn all of these But anyways, they get very jealous and hurt by you, but expect you not to be overly jealous or hurt by them. So you can do the exact same thing. You can go out with friends and someone may hit on you and you can tell them like, hey, this person hit on me. Obviously, I didn't do anything. Just wanted to let you know or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that you are out in general. They'll say something like that. It will be your fault that that person hit on you, regardless of if you even did anything to ask for it, which, whew, don't get me started on that quote. But anyways, but then they could come up and say the same thing. Hey, this person hit on me, just want to let you know, no big deal. And if you get slightly upset or even ask questions, they will shut it down. It, it, you are not allowed to be hurt by them. They only hurt You only hurt them because, again, it's their world and you're just living in it. You're just an object and a pawn. That sounds very harsh, but sometimes that's the truth. Number four, you may feel that they don't empathize with your feelings and even discard your feelings if it doesn't have any benefit to them. So like I said earlier, a lot of narcissistic people tend to lack empathy. So this may make you feel like you'll never be good enough. Or if you're in a relationship right now and you're trying to look for signs, if something really hurts you and you don't feel like they empathize with you, as in they might not hold your hand and help you through it or try and put themselves in your shoes, that is a sign. And again, it will make you feel like you're not good enough. And back to my side note, you have all your cards. You are more than good enough. You are just not choosing the right person, and he is just not enough for you. Just to be clear. (laughs) And number five, the last one, is 
They act like they know you better than you do. This one is a little tricky to spot out because to me, when I read that, other than the word act, for some reason, that was icky. <laughs> but if someone, if I feel like someone knows me better than I do, I take that as like, oh, they're really listening to me. Or like, they really remember my Starbucks order. Or they know how I feel about this topic. But this is not what I'm trying to say with these signs. So basically, what I mean by this, when, the, when it says they act like they know you better than you do, this means they may usually tell you all of your flaws that they think you have in order to make you feel incompetent and break down your self-worth and confidence. So huge difference between what I thought it sounded like at first to what it is. So for example, ooh, I have a lot of examples, but I'll just keep this one generic. For example, if they, if you mention something that they did wrong, so again, they are never in the wrong, so this might be a good time for them to act like they know you better, so they may say something like, well, you do that all the time. Don't you remember? You always say this, and it really hurts my feelings, or you always act like you're better than everybody, and just really convince you that you're some person that you don't even recognize. And again, obviously, that really can break down your self-worth and self-confidence because when you start listening to them and start to believe that you have these flaws that you have, which everybody has flaws, but when they're portraying it in this way, it makes you feel like you don't know yourself. It makes you question, well, maybe I do act like that. I need to fix that. That's wrong of me. Things like that. So this is just all in order to break down your self-worth and confidence because just like love bombers and just like people who gaslight, it's a way to make sure that they have you in the palm of their hands. It's a way to make sure that they're in control and they don't feel like you'll leave them because you don't have self-worth enough to stand on your own. Moving on. This one's new. I haven't really done this with the red flag pot or red flag episodes. But again, this is just such an important topic. So I just wanted to add a little extra segment. So it's called a narcissist's favorite sayings. And I just have four sayings that you might hear from a person who has narcissistic tendencies. Ooh, narcissistic tendencies. So number one is, ooh, these like, whoo, these make me so angry. Anyways, number one is, why can't you just get over the past? And then they continue to do hurtful, repetitive behavior that they did in the past. This is just one of their ways to make you feel incompetent, make you feel like you're being overdramatic, especially if they've lied or cheated in the past, and sometimes you might feel uncomfortable with them going to the same places or talking to the same people, and you bring that up, mm -mm. again, they're never in the wrong, you are, so they might say something like, why can't you just get over the past? This is just a way for you for them to try and make you stop talking about it and again let them do whatever they want because as always it's their world so this has to do a lot with lying cheating putting you down things like that saying number two is well what about your issues so this is basically redirecting the blame onto you when you are asking them not to do something hurtful again so like i mentioned just a few minutes ago you may say, I don't really like when you do this. It upsets me. And they may be like, well, I don't really like when you do this and you haven't fixed that. Or, well, you did the same thing, remember? 
Remember? So it's, they just can't sit with you and just say, I'm so sorry that hurt you. Let me fix that. Or let's find a way to fix that. Which is a green flag, by the way. It's, it'll, every time you bring something up to them, you may feel like you, you just end up apologizing for bringing it up. You may feel like you're the one that apologizes to that person when they should be apologizing to you. So saying number three is, I'm sorry, what more do you want from me? Ooh, this one just makes me want to punch a wall. <laughs> like, eh, like just a buzzer sound. No, no thank you. This is a fake apology. If anybody ever says this to you when they're quote unquote apologizing, like, I'm sorry, what more do you want from me? Absolutely not. Do not take that. No. No, thank you. Bye. We send that out. We're done with that. We're too old for that. Mm -mm. This makes you feel like you're asking for too much when you are absolutely not. You are simply just asking the wrong person. Personally, I find someone so much more attractive, whether that's romantically or like a character or... (laughs) What's the word? A characteristic in a friend when someone can admit when they're wrong. I'm not going to lie. In high school, I had a huge problem with that because of my insecurities. I felt like apologizing would show my weakness, things like that. But I find so much more attractiveness and intelligence in somebody who can admit when they're wrong. So when someone says, I'm sorry, what more do you want from me? That's instantly. That's like if they had insecurity written on their forehead. They don't want to deal with it. They can't be in the wrong because they don't feel good enough in general. So they're taking that out on you. Whew. Anyways. And number four, the fourth saying is, you make me blank. So, you well, you made me lie. You made me cheat. So this is obviously blaming you for their wrong and hurtful actions. This can make you feel as if you did something wrong for them to excuse their behavior. So, as the example says, if they lie to you about something, they may say, well, I lied to you because I knew you would get overdramatic like this. Just, just the rudest things that you can think of, they will say that because, again, I, whew, the amount of times I've said this, but they are never in the wrong. You can't bring anything up to them. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I don't want somebody with a narcissistic partner to think that they aren't because sometimes they admit their faults. So let me track back just a little bit. They know how to play their cards. So they will sometimes be able to admit things, especially if they're in a good mood or again, as always, if it benefits them. So don't disregard that you're in a toxic relationship just because sometimes they may admit their faults and they don't always do this. I shouldn't be using the word always and that's my fault, but just a little retracking, they will sometimes admit, but more than, or more often than admitting, they will blame you. Just wanted to clarify that. So moving on to traits a narcissistic looks, wow, (laughs) traits a narcissist looks for. So these are traits they value in a partner because they seem like the perfect target. These are the Ones that you need to check yourself for. So definitely 
if you've trailed off a little bit, I don't blame you. But you really need to listen to just these six little signs because we want to protect our peace. We want to protect ourselves. And we definitely do not want to be a perfect target for a narcissist. So number one, a compassionate partner. So you may have a deep need for validation and feel as if you can work for love. And the up and downs of a narcissistic relationship allows you to prove yourself worthy of them. However, this is not how you do this. That is not a healthy relationship. If you feel like you need deep validation for somebody other than yourself, or if you're religious other than God, this is something that you need to take time by yourself and work out before you try and get into a relationship because this causes so many issues down the road. And also, this is a sign that narcissists look for because they know that you will stay and you will work for their love. They can be picky. They can live in their own world because you're benefiting them by trying to show them love, things like that, because you want validation from them. That is a very vicious cycle, as I've said, and not how you do that. So number two, this one hits home. This is a home run for me and so me. And exactly how I got in the spot that I was with a narcissist. Number two is people pleasers. Please, 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 my sweet babies, my sweet angel faces. Please realize that you need to make yourself happy and take care of yourself before you pour your cup into others. Okay? We don't do that anymore. Mm -mm. We are going to be retired people pleasers. Because you can get taken for granted and absolutely drained by a narcissist. They will take all of the coffee out of your cup, slam the coffee cup, throw it in the trash. That's how much you can get drained if you're a people pleaser by a narcissist. I was you once upon a time. And I promise you, it is not worth it. I know that you want validation. I know that you want to feel loved. I ooh, I understand that so much. But that but validation from a, rent, a romantic partner is not how you get that. You need to be able to love yourself. Because you should. Back to the cards on the table. You have so many cards to offer. You don't need to please anybody else because you need to make sure you're happy. Number 3. You are known to quote not give up end quote. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. So you're known to not give up in relationships and may be extremely loyal. Now, loyalty is not a red flag. Some of these are not red flags, like extremely loyal in relationships. That's a green flag. Things like that. But it's to a certain extent, sometimes to a fault, is when you can get trapped and when you are the perfect target. Someone who is known not to give up also ties into being a people pleaser, also ties into needing external validation. That is very, it's like a gold mine for a narcissist because they know that they can put you through absolute dog doo-doo and get away with it. So you will continue to accept emotionally abusive behavior from people you love just because you want them to know that you love them. And to some people and to my past me, sadly, that makes sense. And I know there might be a few of you that agree with that. Maybe you've done that before. 
And I am not here to judge you at all for that because, again, I've been there. And we're all learning. We're all growing. But this only shows a narcissist how much they can hurt you. You don't prove yourself to someone who stays with you because they know they can hurt you. Number four, words of affirmation mean a lot to you. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a green flag. However, it's to a fault is where it gets tricky. Because narcissists, they are great with words. And they are great at seeming convincing and genuine with their words. So you need to make sure that someone's words are always matching with their actions. That is something that I've always said. That's something that I've always looked for in some in somebody. I don't need all of their words. I need to see it happening. Things like that. Because having one and not the other, so having words and not actions is not enough. A healthy relationship will have both words and actions going hand in hand with each other. Number five, you are an honest person and have an optimistic outlook on people. Again, a green flag. Honestly, that is still me to a T. Number five is me to a T. However, like I've said for the past ones, it's when it's to a fault, when it's almost too much. So this is a great thing, but it shows them that you may overlook their flaws because you see the good in them or you see the potential. I know if a lot of you are on TikTok, we, we're all about being Delulu girls sometimes. I can see the potential or that Ariana Grande song in my head. Whew. Ooh, girl, if you know, you know. That one is crazy, and that one explains number five very well. So if anybody needs a song recommendation, In My Head by Ariana Grande. Anyways, so you may tend to disregard their narcissistic traits by making excuses for their behavior or seeing their charming and affectionate traits in the beginning and seeing their potential. Again, it is not... And never will be, never will be, your job to change someone or fix someone. Nobody can change anybody. You can inspire people. You can show people how you live. But you cannot and will not ever be able to change somebody. They have to do that on their own. So we're done wasting time trying to change people when it's not benefiting us. And especially when it's hurting us. It's great to be optimistic. Optimism helps me so much throughout my life. I don't want to change being an optimistic person. But we're not going to overlook people's red flags. Because again, we're protecting our peace. The last one is you have weak boundaries or have a hard time saying no to others. Again, I was very guilty of that. When I wrote all of these down... Every single one of them. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Awesome. (laughs) But number six, you have weak boundaries and have a hard time saying no to others. So obviously they can step all over you and take you for granted. So definitely practice boundaries. I may have an episode on how to make boundaries, keep boundaries, things like that. Because again, if you don't have boundaries and you have a hard time saying no, they'll expect you to do everything they want. And anything they want. So moving on to our last little segment. It is how to protect yourself from a narcissistic relationship. 
I think I have, let's see, I have four of these, and then that's it. So, the first one is, this is, if you are trying to get away from a narcissistic relationship, this can be friendship, family member, or romantic partner. So, number one is, limit your contact as much as possible. If you're not able to block them, things like that, that is okay. Because there's so many situations that we can't fathom happening to somebody. But limit your contacts contact as much as you can because they absolutely hate being ignored it may be scary but they will eventually need to switch to somebody that will give them all their attention now when you're limiting your contact there are some people out there that are very crazy sorry probably should use a better word than that but if you feel like they might hurt you or they might do something very scary I understand why you wouldn't need to block them. I understand trying to give them minimum contact just for safety reasons. So don't hear this and do something that you feel unsafe doing. But just for scenarios that aren't as harmful, try and limit your contact as much as possible. Number two, in all caps, do not take what they say personal. Now this is... When you're in arguments while you're dating. And this is especially if you're trying to break up with them. Because when you are trying to leave, they will or may say everything and anything they can to beat you down. They will make you feel like you can't survive without them. Or they may convince you that they are the only person who cares about you. It is so twisted because it's so it can be so rude. But they also really make you feel... Like they're telling the truth. It's just another way to keep you trapped. Because they will pull things. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better word than what I'm thinking about. They can. They will pull things out of anywhere. Because if you're trying to leave. They're pulling everything out of the hat. Everything and anything will be said. It can be the most beautiful things. It can be the scariest things. It really depends on the person. But you know the truth. Even if it's a gut feeling or deep down you know you deserve better, please, please, please fight for that part of you because you do deserve better. If there's a part of you, a little kid part of you or just any part of you that feels like it isn't right or feels like you deserve better, you do. And you need to fight for that little part of you inside because she's trying to tell you something. You know the truth. You may know that this person is not right for you. They will act like you're crazy for thinking that or that you're wrong. But at this point, when you're trying to break up with them, you can't take what they say personal because it doesn't matter about them. It matters about you. And number three is don't ask these people for favors. This is obviously a great way for them to blackmail you into doing something for them in return. Um, again, it's their world and you're just living in it. You may be like an object to them. So if they are saying yes to a favor that you've asked them to do, you better believe that it's because it's beneficial for them. So just be wary of that. And number four, the last one and the most important, know your worth. I feel like I've touched on that a lot this episode because it is the most important 
when you are in a relationship like this, you may truly have no idea what your self-worth is because they aren't telling you that you have it. You're not able to tell yourself because you believe what they're saying. And you may think you do and say things like, I know, but I told him I'd leave if he does it again, or maybe I can fix him. And efforts to make yourself feel like you do care about your self-worth. I know that because I did that. (laughs) But all in all, you have absolutely no idea what it is. And again, that's not a judgment. That's not me bashing you. It's just a wake-up call because I knew that I needed that. Because these partners will never, ever be with someone who is independent, takes care of themselves emotionally and mentally, and doesn't take crap from anybody. People know, or people that know their self-worth are not targets of these types of partners. They... They won't get into something like that because they know that they're not going to put up with the gaslighting. They know that they're not going to put up with less than what they're giving out. Things like that. So please, please, please take time and know your worth. Let me find... So over the summer, after a very bad breakup, very, very, very bad breakup... I got a book from Books a Million. Well, it's a journal. So even if you don't like books, that's okay. It's called The Self-Love Workbook for Women. And it is by Megan Logan. She is a social worker and I believe she's a licensed therapist. And I know a lot of people don't like journals, don't like writing. But this helped me so much. I'm still not done with it. And you can obviously skip through a lot of them. But it has, let me look at, okay. So part one is talking about self-love. Part two is love yourself more. So it gives you little things to work out. Or one of my favorite things is like you can take a survey and it will show you how much self-efficacy you have or self-worth, things like that. And then there's things like release self-doubt, find self-compassion, build your self-worth, heal your relationships, things like that. I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. I will post it on the Instagram because I absolutely love it. And if any of my girlies in my sorority or some friends that are living around me, I'm not going to say where I live, but you can definitely borrow this. Um, Just let me know, but I highly recommend it because it really helped me boost my self-love and self-worth because honestly, I didn't even know where to start. So that's a recommendation, but that is all I have for today. I know it is crazy long, but this was so important. It's who it's just so important, and I'm really glad that I was able to find so much information and use some of my personal information to hopefully help you guys. But you will be hearing this on my birthday, side note. So I hope that you have a great rest of the week. I know I will. I hope this episode was super beneficial for you. If you have absolutely any questions or you feel like you need to rant or talk, please DM me on the You Decide podcast Instagram. Obviously, super confidential. Or if you have my number, things like that, you can text me, of course. Even on my birthday, I don't care. I would love to help you or give you more information or just listen to you rant because I get a lot of this stuff and I understand a lot of this stuff. So I will be more than happy to help you with anything I can.
But anyways, as always, I hope you have a great day. I love all of you so very much. And always, always, always protect your peace. Love you.